Okay. Welcome to Elmo's World. This is uh, Elmo Ador Jr., your host, and we have uh, Jonathan Schrader. He is from Tulsa, Oklahoma in the United States. He's 35 years old, been run running, running an apartment complex, and uh, he's a great guy who loves history, poetry, music, and uh, very disciplined in his spiritual practice. Uh, I, I'm really, really curious. Uh, Jonathan, I want you to introduce yourself and then answer my question. Uh, what about this spiritual practice? Um, well, uh, you know, here most of us are raised in a Christian household. And in my teens or 20s, I just, I, I, the truth I discovered was that that was not the path for me. And for a long time, I didn't have any spiritual practice at all. And I, I suffered a great deal in life because of that. I uh, became a drug addict for years. I was homeless. Um, I lived on the streets. Um, I had lost all my teeth. These are actually fake teeth. They're really nice, but they're fake. And uh, I had a spiritual awakening one day. Um, I don't know if it was God or some spirit or force, but something came down into me and started showing me all this stuff and showing me where my life was headed and um, all the things I had done wrong and what I needed to do to fix it. And after I had that experience, I... I couldn't live that way anymore, and I couldn't ignore the spirit world. And, um, you know, I have kind of my own beliefs. I'm not here to tell anyone how to believe. I just, I know the spirit world is real, and I know that disciplines like uh, meditation or yoga or, or any, any spiritual discipline is so important for a person and their character. And it's how we... I think it's how we best deal with the stress of life, because if we don't use spiritual discipline, then we tend to go for pleasure, to avoid bad feelings, bad thoughts, instead of dealing with them and processing them. And that's what spirituality does for me, is it helps me process life in, in a way that's healthy. What is this uh, spiritual practice? Uh, can you be more specific? I'm really curious. Sure. Um, I'd love to. First, um, I started going to Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm sure you guys have that in the Philippines. It should be all over the world. But it's a group of people who are trying to not use alcohol or drugs. And there's a book, and there are 12 steps in the book. And the steps are all about accepting that I, I'm not God. I'm not in control of anything except for how I react to life, which is what the spiritual discipline helps us with. It helps us react to life properly so that we're not self-destructive. So these steps, um, they also help us clean house. They help us sort through our guilt, our remorse, our resentments, all that negative stuff we carry around, and we release it. And then we take the program and we, we share it with other people. That is a spiritual discipline, that whole process of going to meetings and working with the sponsor. But from there, I started reading about uh, Taoism, Buddhism. Um, I started, you know, finding everything I could online of yogis and their teachings, um, Hinduism, and I, I take them all as pieces of a puzzle, of a bigger truth. That one, no one religion 
is absolutely right, and no one religion is absolutely wrong. They're all right, and they're all a piece of the puzzle. And that's, that's how I see it. Uh, it's really similar to uh, someone who I talked to as well. Uh, he, he called it, uh, in a way, I'm not, I'm not a fan of labels, but he called it Gnosticism. And I think that Gnosticism, uh, uh, Unitarianism. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think technically you could call me Unitarian. Okay. I I want to pick your brain there. Um. So for example, if let's say a preacher, uh, of a, a Christian preacher, uh, preach that um, uh, we we uh let's stop abortion because uh the babies are getting killed, and then a democratic uh pastor or uh, says that oh it's okay to uh, uh, have abortions because uh, the the human ba- the, the fetus is not yet a human being a fully grown human being so um being a unitarianism how would you approach that where would you agree with um it's quite a topic uh, this is the way i look at it right now i feel like maybe maybe it's a necessary evil I am not God. I do not get to define what makes a human being when a human being becomes a human being. And I don't get to murder babies just because I don't want to raise them. Um, I think abortion is very wrong, very, very wrong. But I'm not here to judge anyone. And like I said, I think right now at this stage in our human evolution, it's kind of a necessary. So um, it seems to me that um, what you say politically is different from what you hold spiritually because uh, y- politically you could say that oh no I don't I, I think it's very wrong but uh, spiritually I think that it's also a necessary evil so uh, nobody's really right or wrong yeah okay 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 so this is uh, how I would ask you then um, what different what difference do you have from someone who just makes up his belief spontaneously every day and just just reacts to a situation is that how you would uh, explain your uh, morality or ideology or is it something that you already have a a line that you already have have set and you simply uh, come back to that come back to that standard uh, standard when in your everyday uh, interaction well okay so the one like big fundamental truth that I see in the universe is duality polarity so I'd have to say it's both right it's both so uh, uh, this is uh, what I uh, find interesting about Eastern philosophy because uh, most of them, do not really uh, care about the law of non-contradiction, you know. Uh, nothing, is, nothing is binary. Uh, there's no dichotomy. It could be both. It could be both right and wrong. And, okay. But, I, you know, I am both good and bad. I will live and die, you know. Uh, black only exists because white exists. So because black exists, it's not that white doesn't exist. White and black both exist. Just to sort of kind of expound on that. And I'm sorry I cut you off. Please go ahead. Yeah, it's no problem. And okay. So uh, if that's the case, then uh, the, wouldn't it seem confusing that, for example, uh, you you find 
ans- answers to everything in in both directions you know if if you had a if you let's say you follow the map uh of life and uh you would uh, get lost because you 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 take both routes you you take all routes and it would seem that um it would take you nowhere actually if you if you actually had a destination um i am lost because i don't know the future i don't know what's going to happen i'm already lost so i always will be but i'm also found right so <laughs> i love the beautiful contradiction in things and i try to embrace that because they're not going away uh it seems like the universe itself is built on paradox it's built on axioms these truths that shouldn't work but do and i feel like after i've studied them for a while i don't see how the universe could work any other way but you know i'm a i'm an evolved ape stuck to a you know a pebble <laughs> floating around the sun like what do i know but i try i try to make some kind of sense out of it all so but this is how i would uh, uh ask you if for example if there was someone who wouldn't who would disagree with your beliefs at how you th- see the world i think this is how they would uh attack you um so uh don't get me wrong here but um I if I was someone like that I would say well that's just how you look at the universe but the the universe doesn't care about what you think the universe is still the universe and um what however however the dual you think the universe is that's not it the universe is actually logically positiv- positivistic it it has causality it uses logic so how can you say that uh everything is is this dual dual or this chaos that you present that there is no there is no order the duality um is how cause and effect works though right like if i don't have a, if i don't have a positron and an electron i can't build st- structure in the universe so that i mean that's already duality that's the positive and the negative i don't think they these two thoughts exclude one another but i do completely agree that the universe is indifferent to me you know i'm i'm something that emerged inside of it i will never understand it you know i i'm living the life of a human being and i have been given experiences that help me understand that i mean i know there is the truth which we will never be able to find so we have our truth which is something that I can't find. And I will see in my life and I do see in my life affirmations that I'm on the right path. Uh, there is some kind of spirit or force that seems to give me little nudges and tell me yes you're going the right way or no you're not. And when I listen to that intuition or whatever you want to call it, my life is better, profoundly better. Yeah, um I and I actually completely agree with you that um uh you're right. The universe is indifferent and how, however I look at the universe, it seems to me that h- how I look at it actually benefits me in how I live. It uh, helps me, it, it guides me and it ha- and ha- it helps me have control over myself. Uh the way and uh, differently the way I used to think 
when I thought that I was my own god. You know, I I could create my own rules. Yeah. Okay. So um, can you tell me more about um what ca- what benefits or what kind of I- attitude, good attitude, this helps you in your daily life? Can you? Yes. Well, <clears throat> so in this process. The way I would describe that is I'm not seeking my personal self-will, right, because I'm not God. I'm not trying to control anything but how I react to life and the choices I make. So I'm seeking the will of something greater than myself. So if I'm seeking my self-will, I'm self-absorbed, self-seeking, self-centered, self-pity. You know, that's a, that's a downward spiral, a trap. And it produces toxicity. So when I was referring to these affirmations, I mean, it's sometimes it's very basic stuff. You know, it's not always a sign or whatever. Sometimes it's basic stuff like that. Um, when I seek the will of something greater than myself, which I choose to call God, but a person could choose any higher power. It doesn't have to be spiritual. You know, a scientist could choose science as their higher power or whatever. When I choose the will of a higher power, I'm healthier, happier, I have more clarity, my emotions aren't all over the place, you know, it's just, it's the way to be, it's the way to be, because it, it, it takes me outside of my self-absorption. I, I, I don't want to be offensive or anything, but that um, the, the human condition is so uh problematic you know if left alone to our own demise and we actually needed to find a god or find god himself or find something to be a higher force to believe in in order to have yeah absolutely yeah yeah um that's quite a profound thing to uh, realization to come to um you know i was talking about aa earlier alcoholics anonymous and and that's the whole program right there um, in the third step, uh, it states, um, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So that's the cornerstone of, of recovery, of starting your life over, of being reborn, stepping outside of yourself and, and not trying to play God. Okay, um, so I, I'm guessing that it's not that you find God scientifically or irrationally or, or that you uh, have concluded, oh, that the universe must have a God, but that in your own life, in your own personal experience, that you find it necessary or even uh, something you cannot live without if there is no God. Right, so you act. We, in a way, our souls, or your, to be specific, your soul needs God in order to be happy. I think you could say that. Um, in order to be at peace, in order to have gratitude. Uh, you had asked a moment ago in part of your question earlier, like what attitude, you know, how has this better affected your life? And and I mean that's where it's at. When I'm self-absorbed, my attitude is self-pity, self-seeking, all that. And I live for the will of a higher power, which I call God, then um, I'm gifted with humility and gratitude and all these lovely things that make life. Um, so 
can you uh, tell tell me uh, uh, any story by which you you have any something you have learned something profound about uh, maybe God? Who is this God that you believe in? Uh, is he personal? Is he sentient? Uh, what kind of God is he? Does he, does um, he care? I've had some visions, and I'm sure you've heard of a Godhead. Um, so, I mean, these are just visions. So, like, these are just ideas. But they feel like they came from out of me and were shown to me. But that there's this Godhead, and that we all have a higher self that's a face in this Godhead. And that higher self, like this body, this person, this ego that you're talking to right now, is a vehicle in the physical realm so that it can evolve souls. So that when we die and our souls pass on, they do other work, which I'm not even really sure what that might be. Um, and that what we call God is really just the overall consciousness behind this construct of Godheads. So... I guess you could say that God is just a spirit, a force, that, because of duality, is sort of both God and Satan at the same time. That, okay, yeah, I'd love to. Um, well, take me, for example. If I'm part of this Godhead, right, and I'm capable of both good and evil, and I am, then if everything is just Russian dolls, if everything is just a copy and a mirror of something else, if I was created in God's image, then that means that God is also both capable of destruction and creation. And if you look at the universe, I mean, that's an accurate – if you believe in God and you look at the universe at the same time, that's an accurate way to describe what you're seeing. You're seeing both destruction and creation using destruction as a form of creation and creation as a form of destruction. And there again, you get the duality and the polarity like – to me, God is both, capable of both. And that's why I bring up the you know the idea of necessary evil. Like if you can't destroy, then you can't recreate. If if you can't destroy and recreate, you can't evolve. And this universe is competitive and it's hostile, it's impersonal. You know, it will devour you if it can. The universe is constantly trying to kill us. We're alive because we're stuck on a rock that's protecting us, and we've got like a, a thin little wisp of an atmosphere between us and oblivion. You know, um, yeah, I think God has to play the the role of both, or that God is a duality. Uh, he, uh, okay. Um, I have to be uh completely blunt about this, and I I I hope that you would not find this offensive. Okay, I also have a friend. His name is uh, Nick Nicky, and he 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 grew grew up eighteen years old, having a from coming from a bad family, and he. He got into drugs and uh, armed robbery, and so he went into prison. You know, he his life just went spiraling down the moment it, it was supposed to start. And after five years, he got he got out of prison. And during during his time in prison, uh, he uh, he was he went to stuff like this as well, Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, so in a way, there's a similar path. I would say uh, that a similar path from from self absorption or self uh, self chaos to a to a spiritual harmony because uh, right now he also he 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 says that he found Jesus Christ 
and he he believes in him and he ha- he, he, he he knows that uh the that the power of god is the one that's keeping him afloat from going back to his old ways so uh th- this is how i would put it um people that come is this is this is just a question uh, do you think that people that come from uh uh bad places or bad situations in life and hope to make make themselves a better person uh, sometimes have to appeal to a higher authority or to make some kind of god up or maybe just uh um ac- adopt already an, an already uh, god uh, accepted socially accepted god out there so that they could thrive as a uh, normally functioning human being because in a way they would uh transfer the responsibility from themselves to this god and that this god would guide them yeah um yeah it's totally possible that we're just thinking up an imaginary friend um but it's effective okay it's, it's really nice that you are willing to yeah, accept I mean, it, man. Um, it's really it's true could be okay 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 so but knowing that uh that that might be the approach how the does it affect your belief or your spiritual dis- uh, discipline or does it simply uh, make it um, um, stronger for you oh uh, okay uh, it's clear that this is very simply beneficial to me that it might not actually be the truth so would i keep doing this or wouldn't i or when right um i just keep doing it because it produces positive results um and accepting that I could be wrong is just me being honest with myself. Okay, can you ex- explain to me the process by which uh, I I I I I I, tre- I actually un- uh, think that you didn't just uh, come up with this in just one day or in just one moment. Oh, oh, this this would be my new belief system or my spiritual practice. I think you've developed this for a very uh, in a very long period of time through much study. So can you explain to me th- that process? Um, sure. Uh, I mean, it really part of it was just life and the way my life went, the life story, um, and then going through addiction, which is a form of destruction, and coming into AA and being reborn, a form of creation. I mean that it was that process um, of doing that, um, and then I started to study religions just to get a. A, a broader understanding of what other people have discovered, what their life experience has been about. And um, I also had, you know, I have these what I call spiritual experiences from time to time. And it's just sort of a collection of all that. It's fluid. It's always evolving. You know, it, I've never reached a point where it's like, this is what I believe and that's it. It's always evolving. I'm always adding to it and, and you know, reorganizing I see all that. I think by keeping it loose and also keeping it simple, I can adapt. I can adapt within that. I'm never stuck to a dogma. That is uh, really awesome. Yeah, because um, I, to be honest, uh, dogmatic thinking is uh, very dangerous. You know, e- even if you're in the right, in the even if you're in the the right religion. The most uh, true religion in the world. If you are dogmatic, you are pr- that it's really prone to corruption. You know because, um, yeah, because and so um, 
I, this is how I would uh, another thing that I would ask you is that um uh, do uh, do you talk to this god that you might have just uh, mm-hmm. made up? Yeah, um that's what prayer is. I talk to my higher power. And when I meditate, I'm listening to my higher power. And it works whether he's real or not. So yeah. I don't um I don't hear him like I hear your voice talking to me. I I know, I know. Okay. Okay, so th- this is one one thing I would ask you. Um Uh, what if that let's say that is just what is it's an if right uh, what if that is just a god you just made up because in a way it it sort of is you know because it reflects the 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 things that you re- need from it the most so um what if it's not a god of the universe but it's a god of yourself and that that god but but you would have to attribute it to be a god of the, the universe in order to put for it to have an authority right of over everything so in a way that um there's there's a part of your psychology or your subconscious that you talk to and you give the, give it this uh, authority and the power over yourself because let's say that the ego the ego is which is uh you uh, who is uh, conscious right now is aware that y- you are also um uh under the powers of maybe uh the part of yourself that has uh, is prone to overindulgence or self absorption or pride or other bad virtues because uh that is undeniable that we we are the ego is very uh prone to these uh dangers but if you let's say account uh assign the responsibility or the power to this higher power that is also in a way inside your subconscious uh that sort of helps you um take control of your life you know because you're not you're not responsible for anything but that you keep asking help from this higher higher power in your mind to to take control and actually um silence all of those uh, other parts of your mind that is very dangerous that would bring you to old older hab- old bad habits uh, am i wrong or um i guess it's irrelevant whether or not god exists what's relevant is uh that this process works for me and that I don't have to live on the street. Uh but you're absolutely right on like the ego or my programming in my brain didn't go right when I was growing up and I became very self-destructive and this spiritual discipline is a, is a way of like putting a programming in my brain that keeps it from being like that. But it's like I constantly have to keep adding that punching that code in. If I stop punching that code in, then I go back to default mode of my ego and the and the programming that I was, you know, raised with, and then I become self-destructive, self-destructive again. That's why recovery is a lifestyle. Discipline has to be maintained. You don't you don't just uh, go work out one time and boom, you're done. You have to keep working out to stay in shape. Well. Understanding the American Empire. 
and understanding that it is an empire and that it uses CIA subversion to steal resources from third world countries in order to be the richest nation in the world. To be honest and not patriotic about what my country is, what my government is, how it operates, and um, I try to be as vocal about that as I can. Being unpatriotic is very unpopular here, but um, I think that's my focus in history is understanding how great powers manipulate the world. Uh, in a way, I would uh, definitely agree, though, but but maybe at, at a uh, large uh, macrological scale that would be the case you know but uh, i wouldn't i would actually say that the soldiers the people who were used by the government to do this stuff most of them were very patriotic and actually did it for love of country right and to be a help to the world yeah but the problem was that th they used this motivation this good uh, uh, sort of spirit in order to achieve their own diabolical goals, right? Yes, yes, they were manipulated. Yeah, it's manipulation. They're using their own like goodwill against them in a way. So uh, uh, can you be more specific? Like, uh, Let's start from b the beginning, I guess. I, I, you have a lot of time here, so you can just keep talking on and on. I think the American Empire started in 1900 or 1901 when McKinley was uh, uh, he was president, and we went to war with Spain to gain control over a harbor in Cuba. Um, we went to war with the Philippines um, and fought insurgents over there. We put down the Boxer Rebellion in China, and it was around this time that we really started to try to try to build a shadow empire similar to what Great Britain or France had because we knew that we were we were the new economic powerhouse at the time we were where every you know stuff in the world was being produced and built at and uh, we knew our star was rising and the, those forces McKinley's um, administration and, and the forces behind that they started building an empire and uh, after the Second World War it became an empire. Um, okay, well, I'll back up a little bit because I was just thinking uh, between World War One and World War Two, uh, the Marines and other forces made um, they turned Central and South America into a um, a safe haven for the big bankers and Wall Street to basically go down there and steal resources from the country um, by corrupting their leaders. And in this way, America built a shadow empire. Now, after World War II, since we won and built the bomb and all that, we cemented ourselves as top dog. And no one except for the Soviet Union had any um, – could do anything about it. And then, of course, you know that history. The Soviet Union collapsed and just left America, and now we have China. So I think it's important to have that balance. Although I don't – I didn't like the state of the Soviet Union, and I don't agree with the CCP, it's still important to balance power, and there should never be one superpower. I think the empire is crumbling. 
Um, I think a lot of Americans are becoming much better informed about these things. They're learning, you know, how the CIA works and what they do, and um, they're learning that most of these wars we've been fighting are about profits and um, control, and not really about our safety. Um, so I, what I would hope to see is that America still is a prosperous country in the future, but that its populace is better educated, more well-informed, and harder to manipulate because of that. Um, politics in America is – I don't know what it's like in other countries, but I know that here, I mean, it, they are very crafty. They are very good at dividing people and getting people to argue about every little thing. And as long as we're fighting over these lesser issues, the big issues never get brought up in the news. And so it's it's hard to change these things because they control the narrative of all these stories so well. Part of it is this cycle of boom and bust in um, our economic system. I also think um, we've largely lost a lot of our values. Um, you know, pr like you talked about how pride was a negative value and humility is op um, obviously the opposite of that. But humility is not very valued in American culture, but pride is. And I think it's a, a lot of it has to do with the moral decay. Um, and I also think that part of the decay is just coming from leaders that don't really care about anything but, you know, power and money. And so the things that should be being groomed or maintained or built aren't. Uh, these are, uh, but, um, but, so what do you conclude from this, that knowing that America has just been uh, an empire and it's been the, uh, been since uh, World War One, so how does that change your view of America right now and your actions and your behavior towards American politics? Um, I don't engage in American politics. It's a trap. It's not there so that I can make well-informed decisions. It's there to keep me from making well-informed decisions. So I don't engage in it. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I don't I try not to debate political issues online or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's a trap, and I don't want to step into it. Okay, okay, no problem. So um, I guess then we would have to talk about poetry. <laughs> um, who are your favorite poets? And tell me Rumi is one of them. Yes, I, I love Rumi. Um, I also like E.E. E. Cummings. Um T.S. Eliot, you know, um, Shakespeare. Um, um, a lot of uh, a lot of lyrics I find very poetic. Um, Tool is one of my favorite bands. Most of his lyrics I would consider poems. You could interpret them as poems. Um, those are very deep and profound to me. Um, and then I read a lot of random poetry or poetry that my friends write. There's a lot of really good stuff out there. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, what uh, what's your favorite poem, and 
uh, explain it to us explain the deep meaning into it, it it to us of it to us um i'd say right now my favorite poem is called somewhere i've never traveled it's by e Cummings. and in it he talks about how he he has closed himself like fingers and that this person he loves has opened him petal by petal and then in the end he says there's nothing, nobody, not even rain has such small hands. So like the way rain opens a flower, he's saying that she opens him and that she's so she or he is so good at it that nothing has hands that are that small that can open something that's been closed that tight. That's my favorite one right now. Yeah. I actually think that it uh in a way, it uh, uh, speaks deeply into your life as well, you know, because um, you yourself had to open up, and uh, this uh, the spiritual uh, practice that you've been doing, um, it actually uh, it actually might uh, be also uh, have or include someone or a love family or friends or maybe a loved one in your life that has helped you throughout. Uh, the years, right? It's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It very it does speak to my life. So um, one last uh, question, though, uh, Jonathan, so, because it, it's been a, a great conversation with you. Um, knowing that you have this spiritual practice that is not really about faith but more on helping yourself become a, b a better person. Um, how would you, as an individual, make a good change in the world? You know, make a b this world a better place for everybody with how you look at it. Okay. Um, my job isn't to save anyone. I can't save anyone but myself. My job is to be the best person I can be and to help as many people as I can. Um, and I think it's that simple. I think it's that simple. Become the best person you can be, and through that, you will help as many people as you can. And one man's soul catches another. The soul is contagious. So someone who's broken and knows my story and sees I'm broken like he was, but I want what he has now. You live by example, you know, not by rhetoric, not by passion or big speeches or any of that. You just live by example. If you're doing right and you're doing well because you're doing all right, other people are going to see that and they're going to be hungry for the same. That's how you change the world. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And Thank you for listening in and please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thank